You say our Instagram handle with so much conviction. Yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was our startup show. Um, but it's not, is it? No. It's really I, I, funnily enough, I went, in, I went into my drawer the other day, pulled it open, see this post-it that's got all of our handles on, like Twitter, and Instagram, trusty you know, post-it, yep. and on it, there's like Instagram, hmm, it says startup podcast. I was like, is that our handle? <laughs> so I checked, and it's on the lo, lo and behold, we've been saying the wrong Instagram handle. So someone else has been getting mad followers. Mad engagement. Hopefully that person realised <laughs> why they were getting followed and has started up a podcast <laughs> and has just completely capitalised on it. So our Instagram handle is... Startup podcast. Super simple. It's easy as that. So, yeah. Give me one to remember. So yeah, we got some cool feedback um, relating to what people want to hear from the show. And I say cool fact, feedback, it was just completely mixed. Some people love the Q&As, some people just weirdly like hearing me and you talk and just catching up to see how we're getting on. Um, some people prefer just like the business stuff, mm-hmm. like talk more about what you guys are doing, the metrics of the business, what's working, what's not working. So <clears throat> I think we're just going to do more shows and just not worry about the format of them to be honest we'll just get in record some stuff um, anything that's relevant to us as a business we'll talk about it if it's businessy um, or we'll just talk about life in the startup so, really. what, so what you're saying is our structure is no structure correct I would still like more, more of a structure around when we when we edit but uh, when we create a show but I don't think we're ever going to get there like this morning we shouldn't be recording now because we should be filming mm-hmm. but we're not filming because I sold the last pair of knee pads. <laughs> yeah, we're propless. They were burning a hole in our pockets, mate, and uh, mm. there's just money sitting there. So, today's show. Yeah, what, what do you want to chat about? I've got two things that I want to talk about. One of them probably doesn't... One of them is your poor handwriting. What, exactly. So, these are on the whiteboard. Um, one of them, I probably don't need you for. Okay? Cheers, mate. It's, it's more of a personal... Not personal, but... And this might, I might record this today and you can put it up after. Those notes are so terrible. They make sense to me. 40 in it. What? What's 40 doing? This 40? Hey, hey. Hey, 40's here. What are you doing at half past seven in the morning? Uh, I have make up. Time for Oh, That's yeah. Half and plus my, my, um, last time I was going to the airport, so she's getting an Uber into town. She's like, how do I join? I was like, yes, please. Oh, 40's feeling good this morning. <laughs> so that's 40 you can hear in the background as uh, we're just recording the show mate. oh okay um, well, I like having you in the office when we record um, and it's actually really good You're in, I'll, I'll swap the shows around actually so we'll do this one first um, so that one is more of a, a rant about I've realised that I've got fucking fancy over the last sort of 12, 18 months like trying to find the silver bullet and that's the thing that's going to help us grow um, compared to a shift that I needed to take on board about two months ago um, and how I've used brute force to get stuff done compared to trying to be fancy um, and, the, and the risk of when you raise money um, there is a big risk of getting fancy even though I said I wouldn't if I look back I've tried to not be too fancy but there's been moments where I've just tried to find a solution compared to just trying 10 things and batting my way through it like I, I would normally um, but the second one on the board is a surprise is a surprise so um, and then you just ran out of options for the third. 
I thought <laughs> I thought I was going to carry on, but I thought I don't know how many episodes you're going to get recorded, and I, I don't want to just make a long list. Um, so we recently, and Matthew can airdrop in this. We recently um, put up a post looking for someone to join the team, and we have been looking and trying to recruit the right person uh, to support the marketing and basically coordinating the community and being on the pulse of our members. Um, met a, a lovely lady called Edie. Mm-hmm. And if Edie ever happens to listen to the podcast, I apologize um, because every part of me thought I was going to meet someone called Eddie. So when I, uh, I think I actually told you guys, I was going, oh, I've got an interview. So we're going downstairs, meet Eddie. Um, went downstairs. Looking for some geezer. Looking for some geezer. And then I walk in and she goes, Adam. So obviously see me on a website or a video or something, doing a bit of research on the company. Um, which kind of put me off balance to start with, but jumped straight into it. Um, <clears throat> and on Friday, we sent the job offer out after she presented to the board. So it's been a sort of a two-month cycle of meetings and conversations around what we're looking for. Um, and sent the job offer out on Friday after presenting where she had to basically put on a presentation that if she was to run the first live event for members of Expert Trades, um, how would she do it? How would she tackle it? I'm really, really impressed with the, with the approach. Cool. Um, and she accepted the job yesterday. Sweet. So we have a new member of the team. Got a thumbs up from 40. <clears throat> When's she in? So that's what I thought this podcast would be about. Like we can just talk like the role and what she's doing and all that cool stuff. And I might even send her this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're writing it in the spec out as we speak. Exactly. <laughs> um, so she starts <clears throat> um, on the 19th of August. Cool. And today is the 18th of July, so just over four weeks. Uh, the plan is um, to... She has a relationship with the people at Digbeth Diner. She's helped with their social and set up Digbeth Arts. Cool. So the idea is, is we're going to get the whole team together on a Friday before then um, so she can meet you guys, yep. um, grab some food together, grab a few drinks together and help settle in. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to jump on a podcast and basically see any questions you've got. Do you want me to talk about the role? I would like to know <coughs> what she's doing. Yeah. Cool. I'm sure so, she would as well. She knows. Mate, it's just you that didn't get a contract for so long and didn't have a job very specific job specification. Our roles here have been very fluid. Are you talking? Are you talking to Matthew, head of sales? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know that one, revisit Matthew's uh, podcast, which was very early on in the series. Um, <clears throat> so, his job title is going to be marketing manager, um, and there the the role breaks down into four key areas. Um, so the first one is member activation. <clears throat> Second one is community engagement. You seem shocked that I've actually done no, work. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just I, I, in, interestingly, I heard, I was listening to a different podcast that was talking about different roles in their company. Yep. <coughs> I'm sure we'll touch on it, but uh, they, were, they, were, they mentioned how they hired someone for community management. Yep. But was getting distracted by social media management because they're actually quite, two quite different jobs. <coughs> and it was just interesting to hear their conversation about it. Because obviously they were the, the goal was they would interact with the community, but they were also getting tied down or bogged down with uh, social media output and yep. things like that. And it was just so they had to split the role again as well. It was just quite interesting to listen to. Yeah, hopefully you can get rid of my coughing just otherwise it will annoy people. Um, 
It's but very annoying all the time. Completely get what you're saying regarding splitting the role. And I think the way that we're tackling that as a because that is a hundred percent a problem because mm. you're saying go and build relationships, but also go and manage our Facebook, Twitter, and mm. all that cool stuff. The way that we're doing this is um, we've still got Sara that's pushing out content yeah. over our social. The only content that that I really want Edie focusing on social is when she's gone out and met members and just showing that she's doing community building mm-hmm. stuff compared to worrying about pushing out an advert for our office package or yep. our website package that will still fit with us so we've got member activation and we can dig into these um, member activation community engagement PR and event planning um, so jumping into member activation I'll list off the, the sort of things that I was re- requesting uh, as, a, as an activity for the role and any questions just let me know um, so first uh, was executing and tracking campaigns we create as a team because I think the one thing that we do really really well as a team is uh, we come up with new ideas and we push stuff out and we get results but because we're always doing we're always doing compared to reporting and tracking I think having someone in the team that's accountable for just saying cool guys how did that campaign go what was the results how much did it cost and then reporting directly back into me and saying this worked this didn't and then sort of being a sounding board for you guys and the team to say sort of like how's the tool talk progress this month and you can then just ask Edie for example um, <coughs> so um, second one on member activation um, is working with partners and other brands <coughs> excuse me working with partners and other brands to leverage their audiences to bring new members into expert trades so if we look at the meetings that I continually have with like Baxi and Fernox and Monument like we are leaving so much distribution on the table um, because these guys want to push expert trades in front of all of their members. Mm. They just want yeah, ad- they want assets, they want material, they want deadlines, they want content. But we're so busy <coughs> pushing our own content out um, that we, we just don't have the time to, to look after all that. So as part of Edie's role, it's going to be every time that I secure a partner, it's basically making sure that our brand gets in front of the partner's list as often as possible in the right way. Um, and then the third part of the member activation side of things um, is reporting on campaigns to help further improve our acquisition strategies. Um, so that is just largely around working through partners, any campaigns that we do with a partner, for example, um, Baxi, BAI customers getting discounts. When was the last time we've communicated to Baxi approved installers? Because we've only done it once since February so far. When I looked at the numbers, we have a list of 543 people and we've only spoke to them once. And they are people that said, I am interested in yeah. learning about your office and web. And we've sent them one email. And yeah, just terrible. <coughs> but it's because we're busy. Yeah, it's just responsibility, isn't it? By having someone um, who is responsible for the output yep. and the results, things will actually get done. Because no, exactly. the problem is we have we will do something we'll meet with Baxi or things like that, but because we're because we're we're filming, we're also speaking with Baxi themselves and things like that. There's so many other things happening at that time that the social output, for example, is something that falls by the wayside because we've got more important things to be doing. No, exactly. Basically, that. yeah. Um, and if you just take an example, like you report back on Tool Talk in the Davis Tracker at the moment, mm-hmm. like that's going to be taken off your plate because it's not core to your role. Like it, you do it because you look after Tool Talk, but me and you should be working on engagement in Tool Talk, and then Edie should be tracking whether that engagement's working or not, and then sitting down with me and you and saying, "Here's the numbers. 
here's the goal for the month, here's the target, we're this far behind, or we're doing this well, this worked, this didn't. Um, I want to make sure that we're executing on stuff and, and all, the, all, the, all the tracking of those campaigns you can look after for us. Um, second one, community engagement. Um, I wrote a bit of a blurb, uh, I'm going to read it um, for each of these because uh, it just might help give some context. Um, so community engagement is, uh, we add value to members in a number of different ways from exclusive deals to low cost websites to get you found online. This creates pockets of members within our community. Your role requires you to understand each of the segments and move them further down the journey to becoming brand advocates. We believe that no matter where the journey starts, the number one goal is to ensure that members feel part of the community and never just a customer. Um, because we sell stuff, it's very easy for us to think that the most important people in the community are a website customer or an office customer. Um, but we are actually trying to, well, we do position ourselves as we are a community that, that offers things to make life easier and more fun. Um, so it's basically understanding out of all Matthew's website customers, how are those guys interacting in tool talk? Mm -hmm. Because we might find that we've got 200 plus customers who know, like, and trust us who haven't got into tool talk because they're not involved in the app. They've just come for a website. But then Matt might say, uh, we've got a Google My Business uh, deal, but if you're a gold status in Tool Talk, you can get it for 20 quid instead of 30. So then we can start activating those customers. And because we haven't got someone looking at those pockets of people and what are th those guys doing, what are your guys doing, what are my guys doing, um, I think it's really important that we, we have someone. I'm just going to shut that window. Um, so, <clears throat> three things on that. Um, I'm what I really like, sorry to interrupt, is the fact that you've actually made a full-on like job role and what it will actually include. What do you mean? You didn't have a full-on job role? <laughs> I, I think my experience with my position and what it would entail was basically, yeah, come in and we'll suss it out. It was. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it completely was. But, but that I, just shows how we've grown as a company. A we are now a legitimate company with legitimate <laughs> job roles. <laughs> I think, I, I genuinely think it plays into that. It's, and, um, we've, and because we're, we've zeroed in on what we do as a company now, we're able to say we need this person for this role. Yeah. Whereas before everyone did wear so many different hats. Uh, and we, we actually hired people that I thought could, could muck in, in yeah. using the air quotes, could muck in in every part of the business because like you said, we, we weren't refined, we didn't know the end goal, we just knew that um, we're gonna try loads of stuff um, and we're gonna see what sticks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and like, as you can see, we've done the work. We, I think I would have done Edie and you guys a complete disservice if I didn't bring her in with a clear strategy. Yeah. So I, what I did is I worked out what you guys do on a day-to-day -day basis, what stuff is core to the stuff that you do. If Edie can pick that up, fantastic. If not, then let's start killing the stuff that's not core, just so, you, like you said, you, you, your role's got so much more defined. Mm. Um, and like you said, the tool talk tracker thing, that doesn't add any value to what you do day-to-day, -day. Um, but it's just something the business needs to do. But for someone like Edie's role, she's gonna live and die by those numbers. Um, so the community engagement side, um, so, Three things is uh, working closely with Adam on the company's content strategy to ensure we are actually creating content that the members want and then managing the process from creation to distribution. So it comes down to when we are very responsive is let's do a live stream on X tomorrow. That should never be the case because we scramble <clears throat> and we, th we talk about this not getting longevity out of all of our campaigns. Like we, we, we do so many campaigns because we do them and they last a day 
Whereas if there was a run-up into it, there was the campaign, there was the follow-up, there was taking that content, putting it on YouTube, distributing it. Yeah, when, when we actually did that properly, the response was overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with the, um, the Weir stuff. Yeah. Exactly that, right? Quick plug for Weir. Um, second point is, in, in, this, is uh, this is important for me as well, ensuring the newsfeed is updated regularly with interesting content to make the Expert Trades app the first app a trade opens every morning. Like I, I see the newsfeed as a portal into what's happening in the industry, but none of us have the time to update that. So like Edie's role is to be on the pulse of what's in the industry and update that to make sure that people have a reason to come back into that every single day. Because when we looked at it the other day, there was like three things in the feed that was technically either sold out or out of date or you couldn't access. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very stagnant. Third one um, is working with brands to secure tool taught deals. So my job is always going to be frontline sales, partnerships. Um, but once we've got an established relationship with uh, Comalon or Weir or Monument or whoever it is, um, I then need to introduce uh, Edie to that brand. And from what I saw on Friday, she'd be very comfortable picking up the phone or going to meet someone and saying, hey, we've done this thing. It works really well. You need to give us a thousand pounds worth of this so we can promote it and collect all these reviews and blah, 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 blah. Like, she can look after that which I think is another thing that we've tried to do. Once we've done it, when we did it, it worked, um, but it was just finding the time to do it. Exactly, yeah, like that is kind of the underlying problem that we've always found is that we've, because we don't, because it's not our main focus, it's never at the top of our mind and therefore we think about it last minute and then it's a scramble, like you say, to get it done, posted up live and it's just, the turnaround is very short, which is actually pretty impressive considering what yep. we've managed to achieve. But if, if we could have someone that could focus their whole time on planning more than anything and then yep. just like scheduling all these things and getting it all ready in the pipeline, that'd be sweet. That's where we're at, <laughs> that's where we're at. Um, third one, PR. Um, <laughs> if you were to review what we've achieved as a business and what the market has heard about, you would come to the conclusion that our goal is to be the best kept secret in the industry. As this role is about having your finger on the pulse of the community and creating wins for our members, you will be required to make sure not only the community hears about this, but also the rest of the industry. And this comes down to the fact that I get my ass handed to me every single time I have a board meeting because we're talking and it's not even in my presentation and someone's going, oh, so what are you doing with that? Oh, it's profit, it's this cool brand, we've got 1,600 replies, the video's been seen 120,000 times and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, why is this not in your pack and why does the industry not know? And there's little nuggets like that that keep falling out of my mouth in board meetings. Uh, And the chairman said, like, are you trying to hide all the good stuff you do? um, So those three things are really simple. Building relationships with the publications and the industry, writing compelling press releases which sounds technical and it's just a one-page doc saying hey we just did this and then distributing it to the press um just uh like i've never really done pr because i don't really see the huge value in it um but the, the bigger we get i'm starting to see that it's not just about trying to get users on board through pr it's about when fernox or other partners or other potential brands see us consistently in publications and, and bits like that. So um, there's that, and then the last one, any questions on the PR stuff? Was it? Uh, no, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's just kind of, yeah, it's just, it's basically advertising your business. Isn't it? If, yeah. if, you're not, if you're not out there, like say we are basically a secret because we don't make the effort to push our brand in front of people. Yeah, it's little things Because like, again, we've not been able to put the time to push ourselves out there that we, a lot of our customers 
come towards even still yep. now because we're not able to focus on out, outbound. Exactly that. Uh, <clears throat> little things like the we've sent fifteen million pounds worth of quotes through the office package. Like the industry should have known about that. Uh, we've sent eight million pounds worth of invoices in Tool Talk, which started six eight months ago. The first month we had like seventy reviews. Last month we did over a thousand reviews in Tool Talk. Um, it's crazy. I, yeah, like. People need to know like that that real things are taking place. Um, it's like we're we're logging <coughs> these things, and even I'm not kind of seeing it. I'm just, just like just, just need to log them because exactly. I've got other things to do. Yeah, um, and uh, in a nutshell, that's like Edie's role is like extracting all the cool stuff that we're working on, telling us what's working, and then just really focusing the content creation around around that. Uh, and the last one is event planning. So this is this is interesting for me. Um, Edie's background, she's done events. Um, she, 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 understands, she understands what makes a good event and a bad event, and she understands, she's not from an industry background. And the thing that really impressed me is the, the level of detail that she's gone into for a board pack when she presented. Like she's gone and interviewed tradespeople really? before the board pack, before the presentation, to understand like, <clears throat> do you struggle with your admin? If there was a, an event, what would make you go to it? Um, so she came up with these cool three pillars. Um, and the way that I see events in the industry is that they're so shit. Um, <laughs> um, just just to put it out there. Um, well, we've we've had this conversation on a on a previous episode, haven't we? That there's oh yeah, we did one about trade shows, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, the trade shows, for example, are um, a very interesting kind of. Because it's work related and they don't have to pay to get, there's a lot of i'll be i'll be interested to see what Edie can come up with to really motivate these people to yep. to want to attend to commit to attending because yep. we like we've even seen when people have paid to to go somewhere they'll still cancel because a job's going to make them mm -hmm. make them money you can't prize them off the tools yeah and her feedback from that um was firstly it's not it's not a like a casual event, it's an invite only. Mm. There's only 250 spots. We bring our partners in, it's a seated thing, and they, they get to meet all the brands, but they also get information. So they also get taught how to do X for their business, how to do Y, how to make more money on a boiler and store. So we need to position it as an investment of their time to make more money for their to business. And to get value out of it. Exactly. Mm. Trade shows used to be busy because you used to be able to go there and get a deal where you can't now, yeah. or, or very few you can at. Whereas we'll demand a an on-the-day deal from all of our partners, um, just for just for those guests. So um, three points, actually. I'll read the little summary for the, this point. Uh, being a trades professional is a very lonely job, and our mission is to make it more fun by creating moments and experiences where members of the community meet and engage with our team, other trades, and our partners. We cement that feeling of community and create brand advocates for life. Three points are plan, manage, and promote offline events that makes expert trades a must-join community in order to get access. Work with partners to create brand events and manage focus groups. Again, coming back into what your core role is. Your role isn't to chase 24 engineers to make sure they're attending a focus group with a partner mm. that you do every six months currently. And it's going to become more manic because they want to do them staggered every three months. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if you can just hit it in a week and then get it done. Um, that's not your job. Um, this is Edie's job because it's a brand event, um, focus group, brand event, however you want to call it. Um, so yeah, that's the role, man. What's your thoughts? Yeah, interesting. Um, I was going to ask you what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, uh, how did you get to the point where 
you realised that we needed an extra person? Um, was it the fact that now you can afford an extra person that it's finally time to ease off some of the pressure and get another role in? Or do you know what I mean? What was, yeah, it, what was really. the deciding factor that made you think, right, I'm going to bite the bullet here and we're going to hire someone? Also, how many is she full time or is yeah. she part time? Full time. Wow, yeah. okay. Full time in the office, man. Wow. Um, so, to get to your, your question, is like, we've all known like we need more people. Like, the amount of times that we hear it from like partners who come in and then uh, Jamie the other day brought a supplier in that they're working with. He was like, oh, and this is the company that I'm telling you about. And he's <laughs> like, and basically these, these are the people that get everything done. Like, don't take anything away from Sarah and Alison, but they don't have output when it comes to partnerships. Um, and Mark sort of doesn't actually either. Um, so the amount of output that we do as a team is fucking truly ridiculous. Um, so I'm not saying that we're going to take our foot off the gas, but what I'm saying is I wanted to hire someone to basically say, call Harry, uh, call Matt. We've been working on these 10 things. They're all good. But if you had your time to focus on just these three, you'd be more profitable mm. as a business and you'd probably enjoy your role more. Um, yes, uh, money comes into it and we've had a few good months and we've proven ourselves and we're building good repeat business. Um, but to be honest, the money hasn't been the, the thing that's been holding us back, um, largely because we've got a board of investors um, that want to put money into the business. Um, but taking money, there's a, probably another podcast around that whole conversation around what we did and why we chose to do the things we did um, fairly recently. Um, but the hardest thing for me has been trying to find the right person because we've got such a weird dynamic as a team. <laughs> like, that sounds kind of creepy. No, it's like, I think the thing is, is we're not joining a, a company that's got uh, very rigorous processes and where you can walk in and f like go under the radar in a corporate like you can mm. go in do your job and disappear like you can't here like you can be sat there five days a week mucking in the same that we staring at 40 staring at yeah staring at 40 <laughs> who wouldn't want that job uh, it's, uh, I, I basically showed her a photo of 40 and she was like so I'm, I'm in take it. <laughs> I'm in uh, so yeah the the decision the decision was made months ago. Like we're still trying to hire a developer uh, who's based in the UK and isn't looking for a career change and has actually written a line of code before. Mm. Um, not insulting some of the CVs we've had through. Um, so, yeah, uh, the reason it came down to ED now is it felt like a good fit. We've got every single week that goes by, we we learn and we know more. And more about where we're adding value and I've just got the absolute confidence that now I can put someone into that role and they're going to add more value into the company than what I'm paying them and when it comes down to it, simple maths if if they're generating uh, more pennies than I'm paying them um, then it's a it's a good deal yeah I mean it's been a while isn't it that how, I mean how long have we been going that we've known that we kind of need someone else in because you've had the position up for a while not as long as the developer, though. Not as long as the developer. Um, this one's probably been five months. Six, five, six months. So five months of archiving CVs. Five months of archiving. Well, I don't archive them anymore. I, I changed it to Matt's email address. <laughs> 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 so uh, he gets them uh, and he looks after the, uh, the developer ones as well. Um, 
but yeah, it was interesting. So we, we, we posted around a couple of different job sites and yeah, just super happy. Really, really excited. Um, I think it's gonna, I think the, the groundwork that I've done over the last couple of months in finding ED and then specking out a very clear job role is important. By yeah, all, that was a longer process than just having her in. Because you didn't interview her straight away, did you? Did you speak, did you speak to her online before and then? We had a telephone call, then we had a coffee, then we had a more of a formal call. Um, then I invited her to do this project to present to the board, um, which involved another call. Um, and, and, then, wh and why did you kind of go through that? Is that just kind of a process that you thought up or you just no. really wanted to validate so she'd actually fit the role? Exactly that. So I wanted to spend a little bit more time with her than just, yeah, you could be good, let's do a probation period. Um, secondly, is there are, there are certain people on the board that have experience when it comes to marketing. And I'm a salesman, I'm, I've learned marketing. Um, so I, I really valued the, the opinions of a couple of the people around the table to hear what they thought about that person for the role. Um, because for me, it was a, you're a good culture fit but I needed to hear from the board is, from what you've seen in this presentation, do you think she thinks about our industry in the right way? Do you think she ta could potentially tackle it? And the, the presentation wasn't a pass or fail, it was like a maths test, it was show you working. Mm. Because it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what the output was, like whether the event she recommended was shit, it doesn't make a difference. It was how have you thought about this and how have you tackled it? And that's what made me think, like she really understands people more than anything. Yeah. Um, she, just the fact that she knows how to use Twitter and MailChimp and um, happily will sit in a room with, uh, like the day before the board meeting, she was presenting to co-op uh, for her wow. business. So um, she's happy, I mean, to step into a, our boardroom and they're, they're all great people, but some of them look uh, fairly miserable uh, when they're listening. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it would be fairly daunting. So uh, she handled herself well there, which made me think, yeah, I could actually send you out to partners as well. Um, and you could do the business. And Baxi, like just to throw them into the conversation quickly, um, they keep asking me when I'm hiring for this role because they've said your team does too much. And when oh, a, wow, yeah, yeah, when a partner says to you like, when are you getting some support? Because we just want to keep throwing stuff at you, but we're not at the moment because we know you're already doing too much. Like we're over delivering on our partnership, but they, they want to get more out of it, which is understandable, but they want, they want to make sure that we've got the right support in, in place. So I told them, so I was there on Thursday, I said, we're actually interviewing tomorrow. Um, so they'll be happy. So she's going to start coming to partner meetings as well. Cool. Uh, I guess just kind of we'll wrap this up, but um, I'm just trying to think what people would want to know. If you could give our listeners a key bit of advice if they're thinking about hiring someone, whether, whether it be for this sort of role or something similar, kind of when when's the best time to start looking? Yep. Should you always be keeping hiring someone new in mind? I don't know, what, what are the key things to consider when you... Even just thinking about bringing someone in. Look at you thinking about how to wrap this up and put a... Like trying a, to think what people want to hear. Put a bow on it. Trying to audience. optimize <laughs> the good. listening time. So it's when people really, tune really in, good. they get value, value, value. I and like the it. right friggin' Rit. Instagram tag. <laughs> I really like it. Um, so a couple of things from me. And, and by far, I've made every fucking mistake under the sun when it comes to hiring so far. Um, but a couple of things that I've learned. Um, are one, always be hiring. So if you're in a startup, like a definition of a startup is getting to market quickly and growing mm -hmm. into a space. Um, so you should always be keeping channels of communication, communication open with anyone relevant that you think 
you might be able to help me hire someone in the future. Like I've spoken to Matthew, like he needs to go and start hustling at uh, meetups, developer things in Birmingham. So he has a little network of people that if he can then tap into and say, actually, we're doing this really cool thing, do you want a job? So um, always be hiring, keep that open. And what I don't mean by that is always have a job posting up because that's just, that would just cause you more frustration to be honest <laughs> with the amount of people that call you from yeah. from agencies. But I'm just saying that all, always be conscious of, if you need to hire someone in six months, start now. Um, and always make sure that you're building relationships up with communities local to you. Um, second thing um, from my perspective is uh, hire slow and fire real fast. Um, do as much due diligence as you can, especially if it's a role that's gonna impact the business. Um, and what I mean by that is if it's someone that's coming in and is uh, low level, low skill, administration tasks, not going to be customer facing. Those people are still hugely important to the business and I'm not going to say that way, but you can hire faster for that. Um, but when you've got someone that's going to be dealing, like we're a startup, we're a small team, they're going to be like a, a, a massive cog in this business. Mm. Um, take your time to find the right person. But the, the second that you know they're the wrong person, get rid of them. Uh, because the more they get involved with the business, even though you know they're not the right fit, is the, the harder that becomes to unwind down the line. Um, so hire slow and fire fast. And um, is there anything else on hiring that of? Um, lastly, probably, is what came across when I wrote this job description was the clarity of, yeah. I just have this vision of you writing it like, oh my God, I'm actually doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is an actual job description. It's, it's genuinely amazing how easy things get when you know which direction you're going. Like it just makes, and this sounds so obvious, uh, but when you know what your mission is, everything else just falls into place. Focus. The focus, the wording, the way you explain your business to people, the way you can communicate it. Um, and you hear the, oh, give me a 30 second pitch. My 30 second pitch with 10 different ways up until about a year ago, and I was three years into the business at that point. Um, and, and that's why our job roles were wishy-washy, because exactly. it, that's literally what we were doing, we were doing everything. Yeah, give everyone a shotgun and said, just point and shoot and see what <laughs> happens. Uh, and we're trying to get more towards a sniper rifle, to use that analogy. Um, but yeah, like, that'll be my tips. Cool. How can they get in touch, Adam? They can email. They can email. They can email you, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison at experttrades.com. Two T's in the middle, one S at the end. Also, or, I'm not sure if people struggle spelling Harrison, but it's H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N. Is that because you're not getting many emails, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they can also reach us on Instagram, which is Startup Podcast. Start Startup Podcast. It is Startup, startup podcast, podcast on Instagram. On Instagram. Um, I'm thinking not, about not our startup show. Whoever that is, unfollow and follow us. <laughs> <laughs> and tell them why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a mistake. <laughs> uh, perfect, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been hopefully valuable, just dripping with information from start to finish.